2: With Lee Lonsberry, from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news, hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lansbury. Yesterday, I caught a little bit of flack for spending so much time on the coronavirus vaccine, and I, w- I won't apologize for that. But I do uh, understand it's tough when. You know, you feel like at every turn we are just inundated with news and updates and information, all of it, quote unquote, about this COVID-19 vaccine. There is uh, a legitimate fatigue and I, I feel it myself. There is genuinely uh, a fatigue felt when we just so often are digging into the details here, uh, reminding ourselves of the dangers that we face, uh, and you know, f- focusing on the safeguards that can be taken and how, for just a little bit longer, we have to do this and do that. Well, I I am confident. Well, first off, let me say I sympathize one hundred percent. I'd love to be talking to you about other things. I would love for this gosh darn pandemic to be behind us. Right. To release us from its clutches. Let the economy open back up wide. Let students get back into school and do learning and developing in terms of uh, their social skills and all the other add on benefits that come from being face to face with your friends and teachers. Yeah. I, ca- I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for that. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It is getting brighter. The vaccine is here and it offers us great relief from this. Pandemic. We had a few conversations, uh, throughout the course of this pandemic with, uh, some various minority groups. And there have been, uh, some common themes to come up during those conversations. One of them being, uh, that there are certain groups of the community which, uh, you know, for one reason or another have, have demonstrated a, a reluctance, a reluctance to, to seek out the vaccine and to become vaccinated uh and th- th- there are some unanswered questions in terms of why is that the case and more importantly what can be done uh to overcome those hesitancies uh, joining me now to continue this conversation ksl news radio's paul nelson who's been working this issue and learning much uh over the course of this day uh paul sir first off thanks for joining us how you doing
1: I'm doing pretty good. And, uh, Lee, I understand the frustration about COVID-19, but there's no call for language like gosh darn. Uh, <laughs> just, just you know, this is a family station. Anyway, um, but, yeah, we're doing pretty My good. apologies. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, you were talking about how there are some communities that are just hesitant to do it. Matter of fact, it isn't just minority communities where you see there is some hesitancy to actually get the COVID-19 vaccine. There's plenty of people on every single demographic that, um, while they might not be the majority, there are still some people that just don't have the full, complete trust of this vaccine just yet, so they're hesitant to take it. But um, officials with the Utah Public Health Association, they are saying things like, it is especially pronounced, announced in minority communities and so they are coming up with PSAs that they hope to reach out to every community that they can um they've already done uh, there's a group called the pacific Islanders uh Pacific Islanders no sorry. Yeah, no, it's Pacific Islanders Knowledge to Action Resources, uh, otherwise known as PICTAR. They've done two PSAs aimed specifically at the Pacific Island community. So they they hope that this will kind of work out. And they were speaking from a Pacific Island perspective. They say that a lot of people, you know, they come from countries that don't really have uh, good medical, uh, Western medical facilities. So they don't really trust Western medicine all that much. Matter of fact, uh, one of the ladies that I spoke with, uh, Pictar, she said, realistically in many of those countries they don't go to the hospital to get better they go to the hospital to die so they they already are hesitant to kind of take western medicine just as they are so that's one thing that they're trying to get over so that people will vaccinate themselves with COVID 19 vaccine when it becomes available
2: what's the message of these psa's what what, what is the driving effort to, to overcome some of these attitudes that may uh, lead folks to be reluctant to to seek out the vaccine?
1: Well, one of the things that they were talking about was um, traditional medicine that is very popular from people who have moved recently from uh, one of the Pacific Islands to the States. And so one of the messages that PICTAR was trying to tell everybody is, hey, look, you don't necessarily have to give up one for the other. Uh, You can do both. Um, um, Matter of fact, uh, she said that there is just a a big disconnect when it comes to uh, doctors here with traditional remedies that they're used to. For example, she said that um, they will use traditional medic- uh, traditional remedies you know, back home and they would work just fine, but then the doctor would kind of look at it and say see, my prescription worked. So uh, there's just a big lack of communication between many families and doctors that practice traditionally Western medicine. So uh, that's one of the messages that they're hoping to reach out with the Pacific Islander community is that you don't necessarily have to give up one uh, to protect yourself from the other but at the same time this is something where the uh you will need to get the vaccine this is the best uh protection that they can think of to get people to protect themselves from this virus
2: when and where will we start seeing these psas pop up you think
1: Well, matter of fact, the PSAs for the Pacific Islander community are going to be um, uh, reaching out relatively soon. Um, Her name is Susie Felch Maloifao. She told me that she is uh, working with uh, many different uh, broadcast agencies, trying to actually get them aired rather soon. And then after that, they're trying to get more of these PSAs made to reach a lot more different, different communities that are out there, whether they be the Latino or whether they be African immigrants or African refugees, whoever it happens to be. They're trying to reach out to as many different groups as they possibly can
2: well that's outstanding uh, paul nelson thanks for your report thanks for the update on this is, is, any advice uh, you know for folks outside of these communities to to help is there any 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 tips there along those lines well, they
1: actually say that Malau um, uh, Fa'au actually told me that she's pretty surprised at what the response that she's seeing from a lot of people. Before, um, she was trying uh, focusing all her efforts on trying to ensure that minority communities kind of uh, get the public health information that they need. But she says COVID actually has kind of bridged the gap. They're, they're, she's seeing... Uh, the, the concerns are kind of across the board on a lot of different uh a lot of di- different demographics so she says some of yeah. these PSAs that are going to come out they mo- they won't necessarily be in English but at the same time uh they say that these PSAs are going to have a lot of good information for really every community so it's it's one of those things where um even though Normally, English is the first language that people use when they try to reach out to people. In this case, it might be the other way around, but still beneficial for every demographic that they can think of.
2: Paul Nelson, KSL News Radio reporter, thank you so much. And I'll, I'll work on my language. Yeah, uh, watch I'll, your language, buddy. Gosh, gosh darn, is really out of line, and I apologize yeah, it really for was, that. man. Your I was shocked
1: of... and offended, and I'm going to send in angry emails to Kevin.
2: Oh, great. Well, um, <laughs> I look forward to that conversation. Uh, Paul Nelson, thanks again for your reporting. We'll follow this story, and you'll certainly hear those PSAs uh, once they are made available. And the big message there is uh, the the advice and the guidance there. It's not simply for minority communities, but for all that, uh, you know, that the belief is that this vaccine is good and helpful and that it will ring in uh, what we hope to be the end of this pandemic. I, I know and I mentioned this yesterday, I know not everyone agrees with that. Uh, And and I'm certainly sensitive to that. Uh, And I simply say, from my perspective, uh, being one who is comfortable with it, I, when it's my turn in line, we'll be getting one. Maybe we'll do it here on the program if that's possible. Uh, I'll also advise my my family to do so. We've all got our choices to make. And, uh, you know, my choice is to get the vaccine. And I'm going to support the efforts to uh, to spread that attitude. Anyway, a uh, quick break. When we return, uh, we're going to be speaking with U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah, John Huber, uh, a frequent guest here on the program. He and his office are right now uh, doubling down on keeping children safe. This COVID pandemic has caused some serious problems with exploitation of children. What is the office of the U.S. Attorney doing to combat it? We'll find out next. With John Huber, the U.S. Attorney, on live mic, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport.
2: She was tear gassed and beaten.
0: Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America.